We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. My name is Jared Robbins, I am your host. Today we are joined by an amazing author who wrote a book called Healing Trauma with Yoga. Her name is Beth Shaw. Beth, thank you so much for joining us. Jarek, thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to have you. Now, we're going to start off with the question of the show, which is, what do you believe the world needs more of? Well, I know that the world needs more healing. Hmm. We all need to come together and heal ourselves collectively and individually. Very nice. Very nice. And with that, how do you bring that to life? I realize you've written a book on this, but how else do you bring that to life in the world each day? Well, over 22 years ago, I founded a school called Yoga Fit, mm-hmm. and it's a mind-body fitness yoga education school, and we teach people how to teach yoga and other mind-body disciplines, as well as we just work with people who need to heal themselves. Very cool. Very cool. Now, here's a question. This is an interesting one we always use, which is, what would you consider to be your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you, and what are some of the moments that help shape it over the years? Um, I think my wow factor is just that I'm willing to try anything and go to any lengths to be better on every level, and then to bring that to other people in whatever way fits for them. Hmm. I think my wow factor, um, again, I've been doing this for a long time, and I, I get to, you know, do it every day, which is really beautiful for me. I love it. What helped shape that? How did you, what opened your mind to try new things? What caused you to want to reach out and discover different places or, or opportunities or, or situations or tools that were available? Well, I think in part it's, um, I had a lot of trauma as a child and went through a lot of tough times. And I actually taught myself how to do guided imagery and meditation when I was six years old Hmm. because I had horrible migraine headaches. Um, you know, my astrologer will tell you it's in my chart, but I've always had a deep need to help serve humanity and also animals. Ah, very beautiful. Here's a question. What's a, what's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble over the years? I think anytime I see that the work that we're doing touches people and they're crying and it's changed their their lives, um, that makes me feel humble. And and just being out in the world and traveling all around the world to teach yoga and to lecture um, and seeing that so much of what everyone is struggling with is universal, that makes me incredibly humble. Hmm. What about an awe-inspiring moment, a moment that kind of just left your jaw on the ground and just being in a moment of awe. I think waking up every morning puts me in that state and also uh, going to India and seeing uh, the birthplace of yoga and Ayurveda, I find very awe-inspiring. Side question, what's your favorite part of India? I like to go to Rishikesh, which is the birthplace of yoga. 
Beautiful. In fact, I'll be there in March uh, teaching at a yoga conference. I'm super excited to go back. Very cool. I just had a friend travel through India on his way to Nepal, and he went and spent seven days meditating in the Mustang region. Um, I forget the name of the valley he was in with a group of monks that have been meditating in caves for centuries. Uh, he said it was life-changing. Very, very That's cool amazing. trip. That sounds amazing. Right? And then yeah. the, the final two days were... I forget what they call it. Something becoming one on the Rainbow Ridge. It was a two-day cleanse up on a ridge where the body dissolves and you become one um, with the rainbow and all around it was the way it was written up. It's very cool. It's funny you should say that because when we go to uh, Yoga Fit brings people to India every November and we hike up through the Himalayas to the Divine Mother Temple. And every time I'm sitting up there looking at the Ganges River Basin, I have that same sense of oneness. It, it must be something in the atmosphere there. Mm, special place. Yeah. I love it. Here's a question. What's your greatest fear? My greatest fear is that I will not become um, the best possible version of me by the time I, I leave the planet. And my greatest fear is that I will not see certain things that I'm very passionate about come into existence, um, such as, you know, mandatory spay and neutering for dogs and cats, um, you know, putting puppy mills out of business. That's kind of a sidebar note, but it's something that's very close to my heart is animal rights activities and, and movement. And, um, you know, I, I just hope that people's consciousness wakes up to include animals on every level. What about the future? What are you most excited about? I'm working on my fifth book, um, which has to do with yoga and addiction. So I'm super excited about that. And also, um, we've got a lot of new trauma sensitive programming at yoga fit. So I'm really looking forward to launching more consumer friendly programs. I love that. Here's a question. This is a little bit more, we call it the nuts and bolts section. It's the tactical, tangible, applicable, immediately applicable type material. What do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time on each day? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, well, I focus a lot of my thoughts on new business ideas and ventures, and then also trying to control those thoughts. Um, I'm in the process of really trying to rewire some neural pathways so that I, I'm not spending as much time thinking about the past and catching the thought, uh, before it happens or, or when it happens, uh, quickly dissipating it. So, um, that's kind of a work in progress right now. Mm -hmm. I like it. Here's a question. I, and this is an interesting one. So being someone who started a yoga business that has flourished around the world and doing such great stuff. I've noticed, I have lots of friends in the yoga community, there's a tension that exists for so many yogis when it comes to the concept of business or money or transactions of any sort. And I'd be curious with your experience, how you were able to cross that bridge elegantly or smoothly, because so many seem to struggle with it. And, and it seems like such an interesting concept to struggle with because it's a group that believes in abundance and healing and wholeness. Yet this one piece is something that's kind of looked down upon or shunned or pushed away from it for some reason. 
Uh, Jarek, that's a great question. I've, I've actually struggled with that myself for years and years, kind of bridging the gap between um, materialism and spirituality. But if, um, if one comes from a place of abundance and, you know, donates a certain amount of, of proceeds to charity at Yoga Fit, we make everyone who takes their first training with us do eight hours of community service, giving back. Um, I'm very involved in philanthropy, especially around animal rights. Um, I think that it's a universe of abundance. And if we, you know, enjoy certain things that come with material success without letting them rule us or control us, we can find that balance within. Absolutely. I think it's so interesting. I had a friend who was deep into her yoga practice and was doing great. And then she figured out that she was a very talented copywriter as well. And she started doing copywriting and making a ton of money. And she bought herself a BMW and a nice house and all this stuff. And then got just shunned by her yoga friends. And we're like, what the heck? And, and they're like, oh, we, you've changed. You're not about the yoga life anymore. She's like, what are you talking about? I love doing this stuff. I can just help a lot more people now. And it, it, was, it was such an interesting concept and an interesting path she had to walk in that moment because it, it it's something that I didn't realize until I watched her go through it, how it affects the community around her as well. Yeah, that um, scarcity mentality is definitely prevalent. Uh, I myself really do try to be a minimalist because I believe that that is part of the yogic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can be minimalistic in a really nice house driving a really nice car. So I think that there are ways to balance and also, I would challenge any yogis who are judging other people to really look at that judgment not as yoga. Um, because if we're, you know, if we're accepting of ourselves and others, as long as someone is, I think, attempting to walk their path, it's really not for us to judge them. Totally. totally. In fact, the tenets of yoga fit are... are um, our essence of yoga fit that I put down on paper in 1997 that is still in every book that I write and every manual of every 50 different trainings that we do is no judgment, no expectation, no competition, breathing, feeling, listening to the body and staying present in the moment. And, um, you know, I, I feel like trying to embody that essence whenever possible will just make life flow more smoothly and won't put you in a negative mindset for judging other people. Totally. Or yourself. Yeah. I've taken a lot of yoga classes. You're not, you're not supposed to stare at the person next to you. You're not supposed to compare what you're doing to them. You're just supposed to do your practice and see where you're at and what can you can improve on and enjoy the progress of getting better. Exactly. Enjoy the progress. Enjoy the practice. And remember, it's called yoga practice for a reason, not yoga perfection. That's right. I, I think bringing that over into the business element is, is such a freeing experience because it's funny, all the things we practice on the mat, as soon as we get out into the quote-unquote real world, they say, all goes out the door for some reason and they forget their practice. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do a seminar on running yourself as a business uh, for uh, people involved in yoga and mind-body. And, you know, it, some of those business principles really do cross over into yoga. Just like yogic principles, really, in a perfect world, would cross over into all business. They should. We just forget to take them with us. 
Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the fun part. People walk out the door and leave everything back in the studio. And it's like, no, no, keep it with you. It's useful. <laughs> it's very useful. I'm glad you, um, I'm glad you practice. That's awesome. Regularly. Here's a question. What would you say is a key to your success? Uh, persistence, for sure. Persistence, patience, fortitude, tenacity, um, just staying, staying with the course. Um, we've existed as, as, as a school and a business now for almost 23 years. Um, through a lot of ups and downs, through a lot of um, not-so-great business moves on my part, and through you know all types of challenges, but I think that staying the course, trusting the universe, and having a higher purpose in particular really goes a long way for success. I love that. Have any, any good war stories of stuff in the middle where it felt like you weren't going to make it? I'll give you an example. I, I had a year where we grew and we did 23 events in, 20, in, I think, 15 countries around the world or something in one year. And according to everyone watching, we kept getting emails saying, congratulations, you're killing it. That's amazing. Good job. And at the end of the year, our accountant sat us down and said, if you would have sat home and stared at the wall, you'd be about $40,000 richer than you are right now. You basically paid forty grand to go on a road tour and help all these people. <laughs> That's kind of one of those oops moments. Yeah, I, I totally get that. We um, early on in the business, we ran out of money, um, and I had we ran out of our investment capital, and I had to borrow money from my mother's retirement account, and then I started doing some different type of advertising and um, crawled out of that hole. We've had to. You know, we've had to reshape our business uh, many times over the years, especially because things like CDs and DVDs uh, are no longer relevant and you can't sell a book anymore because, of course, Amazon sells them all um, cheaper than than you do. So, you know, we've we've lost revenue streams um, and you just have to kind of keep pivoting and keep morphing and, and being able to be just like yoga, super flexible, able to bend and like a tree, you know, dig those, those roots down and then uh, weather the storms. I love that. I love that. And so speaking of books, coming back to where we started, you have a new book out, Healing Trauma with Yoga. T tell us the backstory. Where did this come from? I know you've written other books as well. But what, what spawned, what brought this one to life? Who's it for? And, and you know, what, what are they going to gain from reading it? Well, this book came to me because of uh, several societal crises that I believe we're having, including um, the opioid crisis, our work at YogaFit with a lot of uh, veterans and first responders and the alarming suicide rates of people who are coming back from combat, not to mention their spouses. And we have several of our YogaFit master trainers who are active military, who have put a lot of our programs together like YogaFit warriors, and you know, just seeing the need out there in the marketplace and also knowing that addiction and so many other things, that root is trauma. And so how can we find healthy tools to deal with our trauma? Well, first to identify it. Then to, to look at our own brains and see how we're, we're triggered by things, how we're reacting, what our go-to is in order to mitigate our symptoms, and then applying things like Ayurveda, meditation, breathing exercises, clean eating, obviously yoga, sound healing, and a lot of biohacks to help people 
heal their trauma. And, you know, if not heal, and I don't know that we can ever 100% heal, at least to deal with the daily symptoms that come up from dealing with a traumatized body and dealing with a traumatized brain. There was, there's just a need for this. And, and the book is very unique, Jarek. Um, we have in every chapter, we have a success story about someone who's used yoga or other mind-body tools to deal with their own trauma and PTSD, as well as a lot of information from the Bhagavad Gita um, that kind of bridges that gap. Hmm. Very special. And, and question, for people listening... This, this is an interesting one. I've, I've noticed in the people we've worked with, not everyone knows how to identify what is trauma and what isn't trauma. And, and sometimes you meet people who, from the outside, you're like, wow, you've got some trauma. And they go, no, I mean, it's not trauma. And they would never call it that. How do they define this? How do they know if they have it? Well, one of the best things is in the first chapter of my book, and it's called an ACE test. And it stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences Test. And there are nine questions. And if you score higher than five or five, you have had some childhood trauma. So I I love assessment tools. And we start out with that test so that people can look at their own lives and go, yeah, my father went to prison. Oh, yeah, my mother was an alcoholic. Yes, my uncle sexually abused me. Yeah, my parents divorced. So, you know, first assessing oneself honestly um, is a is a good way to start, and then from there you can move into healing. Mm, that's beautiful. I, I think what's interesting nowadays too is if we we pay attention to, a, a, and this is unfair to say because trauma is trauma regardless of what level or intensity or style or way it came from. But, but something that traumatizes the nervous system in some way or the mind or the body or the spirit. I think what's interesting, traveling around the world so much, you know, I, I remember getting off a, a ship in, I think we were in Vietnam, and I met this young girl who was sitting at the docks. And I walked up to her and she kind of looked at me funny, looked me over and then said, hi. And I said, hi. And then she smiled because she knew what language I spoke. And she fluently in English told me all about Vietnam and how she was going to take me around the city. And as I got to know this young girl, you know, there, there was an older woman looking over her and all these other kids working on the dock. And they were being put to work every day in order to make so much money, then they get to go to school for the rest of the day. And I was like, wow, that would generally qualify as trauma. Because, right. you know, being forced to work as a kid seems traumatic in some way. Um, now other people would say it builds character and makes her stronger and all this other stuff, but, but it's interesting. And we bring those stories of people around the world and the intensity or depths in which they're pushed or pulled into life. And then we take it into communities and I don't mean to pick on anybody. It's just, you take it into certain communities that are really well put together and have lots of structure and lots of support and lots of systems. And then you look at someone who grew up in, Connecticut in really nice part of town or Calabasas or some of these really nice well-together parts of town that seem so perfect on the outside and these young people land up with trauma but totally different <laughs> and and I'm, I'm curious it's such in many different forms right and I, I think that's a point for people to pay attention to because oftentimes I've had the privilege of meeting people from all these places and I'm sure you have as well and not everyone knows that they have any to work through. 
not even not everyone realizes once you work through it the amount of freedom you gain mentally emotionally physically spiritually in your life it's a very very powerful thing to to work through and to just clear up anything that's there and even if someone is listening who says oh, I don't have any trauma my, my life was fine I'd recommend them working through it just to make sure because every now and then there might be something that you would not call trauma that really would qualify for 90% of other types of people. Exactly. It's so subjective. And, you know, I think all people need to do is really look at their lives, their relationships, and and see, like, what's working or what's not. Um, because there's a lot of unhealed trauma out there that people have buried. You know, they've buried it with drinks and pills and... It takes a long time sometimes to work all of it out. I'm, I'm still working on mine, and I've been on the planet, uh, you know, for 40-something years. And, um, you know, sometimes traditional therapy is not the only way to go. Sometimes you need to go do a plant medicine ceremony or, you know, some kind of uh, different uh, deep healing. That So I think the most important thing with healing is, is the willingness yeah. to really want to heal and to do whatever it takes to heal. I love that. It's true. So if people want to grab a copy of this book, where do they go to get it? Uh, they can go to yogafit.com to purchase Healing Trauma with Yoga. They can also go to barnesandnoble.com. And, of course, Amazon has it. Very cool. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, yogafit.com and then if they want to join you on a retreat or learn how to become a yoga teacher where do we send them for that they can go to yogafit.com we have all of our conferences across North America listed there as well as over a thousand trainings worldwide and people can also visit me at bethshaw.com where I blog and talk about biohacks and healthy eating and new supplements that I'm taking and all that other kind of offshoot stuff very cool. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. For everyone listening, go grab a copy of her book. Actually, grab two copies. Grab one for you, one for a friend. We always say that sharing is caring, and we like caring people around here, so make sure to share it with someone you love that could help them. And we very much look forward to seeing you all for next episode. Thank you so much, Derek. Keep doing all that good work you're doing. Bye.